Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. High King of Heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun.
we thank you, hallelujah. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our everything, hallelujah. 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 We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, hallelujah. We praise you, hallelujah, we praise you. You are our everything, hallelujah. We worship you, hallelujah. We thank you, we thank you. Sweep over our souls at this hour, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Surround us with the glory, Father, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are our reason for living, hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us the reason to live, hallelujah. We thank you for giving us the reason to live, hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, hallelujah, praise you. Thank you, Jesus. You shine, you shine, you Jesus Christ when we live in him we shine also hallelujah Jesus said I am the light of the world he who walks in me lives in me who lives in that light will never see darkness he will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life hallelujah thank you Holy Spirit the light that lighteth all men. 
all those who would go to God and say, Lord, light my candle. Lord, light my life. Light me, Lord. Jesus comes and He lights up their lives. Suddenly they begin to shine. Hallelujah. Not with any light, but with God's eternal light. Hallelujah. Do you know that the light that God has put in you is a powerful light and is a permanent light as long as you don't quench it. As long as you continue to go to Him. The Holy Spirit, the oil of the Lord will cause your lamps to burn. Hallelujah. We need His oil and we need Him to light us. Hallelujah. We need to keep ourselves clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wicks need to be cleaned and trimmed so that the light can burn well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, burn in us. Your eternal light, O oh Lord, at this hour. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to our hearts. Minister your truth and grace at this hour, Lord. Minister to our spirits your truth and grace, O oh Father. Lord, without you we can do nothing. But with you we can do all things. So I ask you, Lord, on this third day of fasting and prayer, that you will enlighten our minds, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Speak to us, Jesus. Pour your strength into us, Lord. Father, we need you. We need you. We need your glory. We need your strength. We need your power. We need you, Father. We need you, Father. And I ask you, Lord, that you will empower your people at this hour. All those who are looking to you, Father, for their spirits to be touched and to be renewed by the Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, that you will touch your people. That their spirits may be enlightened, Father. Jesus, you are the only one who can enlighten our Minds, You can enlighten our spirits. You can take us further into the presence of God. You can take us deeper into the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Into the spirit of truth. So I pray, Father. Enlarge in our vision at this hour. Enlarge in our vision. Enlarge in our vision, O oh Father. Enlarge in our capacity to receive, O oh Lord. Enlarge in us, O oh Jesus. Enlarge in our hearts, O oh Lord. We need more of you, Father. Just tell the Lord at this time, Lord, we will make more room for you. We'll make more room for you in our hearts, O Lord. We'll make more room for you in our minds, O Lord. We'll make more room for you in our spirits, O Lord. We'll make more room for you, Lord, in our homes. We'll make more room for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, and we invite you, O Spirit of God. Declutter, 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 Father. Declutter, I pray, our church. Declutter our church, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Declutter our church, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Of everything that is unwanted, unnecessary, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Father, declutter your people, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
that the Spirit of God may have His way, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for giving us your holy word at this hour. Minister to our hearts as we wait on you. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to turn our Bibles to the scripture portion that the Lord just gave me. So I'm just going to um, give it to you at this hour. We're going to go to Acts chapter 1. Before that, I want to uh, take you to the scripture as the Lord brought this um, scripture also. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 24, and then we're going to go to uh, Acts chapter 1. So we're going to have both these chapters, and I'm um, just going to go to the um, end of it. Just give me one second. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to take you down to verse... Um, all the way at the end where Jesus speaks before his okay let's go to verse 44 onwards Luke chapter 24 from verse 44 onwards thank you Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So I'm going to read from verse 44, Luke chapter 24, from verse 44. This is Jesus. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Jesus Christ told these things to the disciples before. And he's saying, these are things that I told you before. So that you know that these things were written in the Bible, in the prophets, in the law, and in the Psalms concerning Jesus Christ, how Jesus would die for our sins, you know, the Passover lamb of God. And so, um, Jesus says these things, and then Jesus Christ, he opens the eyes of understanding, as we read here. He opened the understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. If we want to understand the scriptures, we need God to open our understanding. People, some people can say that, oh, well, I'm smart. I can, 
um, do well in reading and, you know, comprehension. I get a hundred and, you know, I can understand all things. But when it comes to the Bible, because it's a spiritual book, that means it's a book that contains the Word of God and the Word of God ministers to the spirit, soul, and the body of a human being. See, we are made of spirit, soul, and body. This body has flesh, and this is housing the spirit and the soul inside. This body was a body until, just a body, and that's what happens, that's what happens when a person dies. They call the remains of the person as a body. They don't call the person as a person after that, they just say the body or the remains of the person. Why? Because the most important thing that was living inside that body is no more there. So the the value of that person, everything completely changes once the soul and the spirit departs from the bodies of human beings. So the soul is of value. The body is of value, but the soul is of greater value, like Jesus, like the Spirit of God says through Apostle Paul in the scriptures that bodily exercise profiteth a little. It does profit, but it profiteth a little. When we exercise, it's good for our bodies, it's good for the heart, and it's good for the joints, it can, you know, it's good for, you know, your overall well-being, circulation, all those things, it's good. Jogging is good, walking is good, and, you know, push-ups are good, and, you know, crunches are good, all those things are good, but... If we do all those things, but you don't exercise your soul on the inside, you do all those things, but your spirit is not exercised, your spirit man is not put to exercise, then this is really not going to do much because, like I said before, a person who is really decorating the house, decorating the house, decorating the house, you know, meanwhile, their children are all starving. Meanwhile, you have the whole family sick, but this person is into decorating the house. Meanwhile, everybody is dying on the inside. That is insanity. If somebody is really sick, you take care of the sick people. You take care of your loved ones first. That's the right priority. The house can stay the way it is. The laundry can stay the way it is. You know, the things over there can stay the way it is. That's how it was in our house when... Esther was very sick when she was not able to take any noise. I think three months or so, we were not able to vacuum the house at all. No noise at all. So we were not able to vacuum the house. We were not able to do anything. We cannot move anything. Those days, even like the tipito, you know, was very difficult for her. Extremely sensitive. So what do we do at that time? Do we say that, well, I need to vacuum because it is more important? No. We had like a bunch of air purifiers in her room. You know, for her. But we can't vacuum her room. We can't vacuum our rooms. We can't vacuum even downstairs. We were not able to do any of those things. At least three months, it was just like that. But you know why? Because our daughter's health was of more value than the look of the house or what we have. Or even, you know, whether you have to vacuum or not to vacuum. Everything becomes irrelevant when it comes to the health of your loved ones taking priority over anything else that's out there. It's very important, even to the point of whether we are brushing our teeth or able to night and day you stay there. She takes priority. How you look does not matter. How you feel does not matter. When you have your loved ones fighting for their lives and you're fighting with them, for them, they become the most important person. They become the most important 
matter. They become the most important thing in your life. That's the right priority. Now, many people, when it comes to their soul, they don't view it that way. It's upside down. They become like the people who just beautify the house. Meanwhile, their loved ones are dying and decaying inside the house. It's someone who's gotten everything wrong. The house is good, but the people are more important. You have the house for the people, not the other way around. Your body is to house the soul, not the other way around. Your body is to house your spirit, not the other way around. So, if you are not exercising your spirit, if you're not exercising your soul, your bodily exercise, though it profits a little, if you're not exercising your soul in relation to that, this exercise becomes of no use. It becomes like the person who's just decorating and decorating and decorating. Meanwhile, the loved ones are dying in the house, right there, right before you. But you're not paying attention to them because you have behind us. Oh, what curtain can I put? Oh, what picture can I hang? Oh, what I want to change this paint. Oh, I want to do this. I want to move this carpet. I want to move this furniture. I want to get new furniture and decorate. Meanwhile, who's dying here? They need their medical needs to be met. No medicine, no nothing. Just disregard for the person who's right there in the house. That you take care of the house and not the person in there. Oh, what insanity would that be? Yet, we do that to our souls and to our spirits all the time. Oh, what can I wear? How can I look? Oh, what, how's my hair? How's my face? And how are my nails? And how is this? How is that? You know, how is my fitness? And how do I look? What is my weight? Or some don't care. doesn't matter. But the most important thing, those things are all important, but the most important thing is your soul. If you don't train your soul, if you don't spend time training your soul, you have got it wrong. Because if you have to close your eyes today, your eternity is going to matter for you the next second. If you have to live today and you want to live successfully, taking care of this matters the most. Again, if you want to overcome and if you want to live an overcoming life, if you want to live like Joseph in Egypt, if you want to live like Daniel in Babylon, take care of your soul. Take care of the spirit man on the inside. Jesus Christ took care of his soul. Jesus Christ took care of his spirit. Jesus Christ was able to overcome all the attacks of the enemy as a result of him taking care of his spirit and his soul. That's why his spirit was strong. It was able to pull through that journey of the cross because his soul and his spirit were strong. Mornings, early in the morning, before the sun came out, the Bible says, Jesus went by himself to pray. Jesus went to the mountain. He went to the desert. He found a place and he went and prayed. Jesus prayed. You know, those days, the houses were very small. Pretty much everybody will be there in the same spot. He had to get out and he had to go. Now, these days we have closets. And if you don't have any space, you can at least go to your closet. Or you can at least go to the bathroom and close the door. Those days, everything was like very, very small and cramped. He had to go out. He went to the wilderness. He went to the mountain and he spent time in prayer. And from there came the power of God in his ministry. From there came the power of God to overcome everything that the enemy brought his way. If you want to live a successful life, 
If you want to live an overcoming life, if you want to live a God-glorifying life, you must take care of your soul. Because the spirit man, when it is strong, it will drag the body to do the will of God. When the spirit man is strong, it will drag the body to do the will of God. So that's where the strengthening needs to take place in the lives of God's people. Jesus said this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why? The spirit wants to do it, but doesn't have the strength to pull the flesh. So it's weak. It's weak. The flesh is not able to follow the spirit because the spirit is weak. It's willing, but it's weak. Many times we can have the will, but we don't have the power to do the will of God. This is where we need to really go into the presence of God, seek God for His power, seek God for His strength, seek God for His grace, seek God for His mercy. Jesus Christ, open the eyes of the people so that they can understand the Word of God, understand what He spoke to His people. It's very important. A lot of times people don't know this. People say, oh, the word, you give the word, you give the word, you give the word, and the word is enough. The truth is, the word is potent, but that's not everything. It's the spirit and the truth. It's the spirit and the word. Jesus said this, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not just the truth. It's the spirit and the truth. It's the word and the spirit of God. So Jesus spoke this. The word of God spoke these things to the people before. But it never sank in until Jesus opened the eyes. Until the spirit of God worked the word into them. So you can hear the same word hundred times. But unless the spirit of God unlocks the eyes of understanding of God's people, that's where the anointing comes into play. Where when the Spirit of God is working, there's an unlocking taking place in the hearts of the people while the Word of God goes simultaneously. And what happens? All of a sudden, they understand. All of a sudden, they yield. All of a sudden, they surrender. All of a sudden, everything is done that God wants to be done. But if that is not, if the working of the Spirit is not there, it's striving and striving and striving and trying to. I was hearing yesterday's Prashant's prayer. I was amazed. It took eight years for him to get saved. Oh my goodness. Does it have to take that long? No. That's the truth. It doesn't have to take eight years. Jesus never stayed and ministered for eight years in order for somebody to get saved. But that's more like if you try to push a car with your hand when the car is not moving. Push and push and push. Human power. Versus machine power. Bring a tow truck. And see how quickly it goes from point A to point B. That's where the anointing of God comes into play. It is so important that the Spirit of God carries the truth of God into the hearts of people. There's an enlightening taking place. All of a sudden, click, 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 click. Whatever was tied, broken. Whatever was there, sitting there, sent out. What happens? The Spirit of God goes in. All of a sudden, change takes place so fast, so fast, so fast, so fast.
Jesus opened their eyes of understanding. Something happened at that point. When Jesus opened the eyes of the understanding of the people, something happened. What happened? Whatever they didn't understand before. Suddenly they understood. Oh my God. How did I not get this before? You know why? Because that eyes of those people were closed the entire time. Until Jesus came and he opened the eyes of the people. May we have our eyes of understanding opened by the Lord God Almighty every time God speaks to us. This is why God has led us to pray when we come to the presence of God before we hear the word. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding to see the wondrous things of your law. Open my ears to hear your truth, O Lord. Open my mind to receive your truth, O Lord. Because the Bible says the prince of this world has darkened the eyes of the understanding of the people. So in order for the darkened minds to open up to the truth of God, God has to open the eyes of our understanding. You know, somebody can say, well, I'm saved. My understanding has been opened already. Let me tell you this. The disciples were all saved. There are areas that have been opened up where you understand. And there are areas that need to be opened up. So as you grow in the Lord, the areas that you need to understand more needs to be opened up by the Spirit of God every time God does a work in you. Without that, it's going to be the same thing. We need God to open the eyes of our understanding. That's where the difference between anointed preaching and preaching comes to play. You can take the same message, the person, somebody can take the same thing and speak the same thing. People come the same way and go home the same way. It's so hard to convince the people of anything. But when the Spirit of God shows up, the Spirit of God takes, it could be like five minute message or a two sentence word. Two sentence message. What happens all of a sudden, people begin to commit their lives to God Almighty. But the Spirit of God falls upon the people. Who does the working here? The Holy Spirit does the working over here. So we're going to see for a few minutes what God wants us to understand here. I know it's 8.52. So all those who are serious who want to know what God wants to speak to your hearts can stay. There's no offense to anyone. If you log off, I won't be upset with you. I'm not going to think that you don't love God. If you have something urgent, you can log off. Please don't feel pressured. Looking at the time. Oh, this pastor came at 8 o'clock and she's you know, speaking now. Why can't she do it at 6 o'clock? God moves when God wants to move. And we have time for Him. We receive what He has from, for us. But if we are busy, you can always go. We have the recordings. You can always listen to that. So, don't feel pressured about anything. However, staying here while the Spirit of God is working during this hour is more of a blessing than listening to the recordings. Look, recordings you can listen for the second time or the third time. Unless you have something more important than this for you to do. So, We're going to go here and we're going to hear about the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the lives of God's people, which includes you, which includes me today. Whatever God is doing in our midst has a spirit of God working in our hearts, working in our minds, working in our midst. If God is not at work, 
we can shout, we can jump, we can make a big scene. But you know what? We'll be like empty vessels making a lot of noise, you know, having some stuff inside and making a lot of noise. But what really makes music is when the musician knows how to use the instrument and the musician has the right kind of instrument. We have to understand that. You just cannot take any wood piece, then put any string and say, here, I know I can play the guitar. No. Anyone who knows how to play the instrument, whatever the instrument is, will look for the instrument that can be used. And the person who plays it must be an expert who plays it. Then a beautiful musical piece comes out of it. That's how it is. When the Spirit of God comes and works... He takes an instrument that is playable, an instrument that is of good condition, and then he plays it. That's the key. He plays it, but the instrument has to be a fine instrument. If you want to be used of God, you must be a fine instrument. In order for that fine instrument to be a fine instrument, it has to be made it has to be made. So it goes through a process of making. It goes through a process of, you know, putting the strings. If it's a string instrument, then you do that. If it's a wind instrument, you do that. And whatever instrument, that if it's a percussion, you know, you create that according to that. Whatever the instrument is, the instrument is shaped according to whatever type of instrument that is. And then the musician, who is an expert in that, comes and plays. Now, if somebody is really, really a good musician, they know even the quality of the instruments. Now, you can get something of a low end, you can get something of an average, but you can really get something of a really high end. Why is it so expensive? You know, because is that for just rich people? Those who have money to shell on that, they can go and get it? No, because that wood is fine wood. Because those, those strings are really good strings. Because it's made in such a way that clarity of that sound is like really good. That's the kind of an instrument that people would invest because it's an investment for something far greater that's going to be produced out of it. Understand this. Anything that is good will cost us. If you want to be an instrument in the hand of the Lord, if you want to be an average instrument, I've said this before, and the Lord has bring this again, what God said before, which is, you want to be a paper cup, you can be a paper cup. You want to be a plastic cup, you can be a plastic cup. You know, if you want to be, you know, a ceramic cup, you can be a ceramic cup. If you want to be a stainless steel cup, you can be a stainless steel cup. You want to be a glass cup, you can be a glass cup. You want to be a silver cup, you can be a silver cup. You want to be a golden cup, you can be a golden cup. If you want to be a golden cup in the hand of the king, then you can become a golden cup in the hand of the king. But the manufacturing process is very different from one cup to another cup to another cup to another cup to another cup. And guess what? What you pour into each cup also varies. And how it's going to be used and who is going to use each cup also varies. It takes making. Paper cup can be produced easily. That's why you can find that in the dollar store. Golden cup is not like that. Silver cup is not like that. Copper cup is not like that. 
Even glass cup can be produced easily. That's why you can find that in the dollar store as well. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. You want to be an average believer? I want to have an easygoing life. Someone says like that. Is anyone saying like that here? I want to have an easygoing life. I just want to just make some money and I just want to go to church. I just want to give my tithes and offering and I want to just be a good believer and I just want to read my Psalms and Proverbs and I don't want to do any bad to anybody and I just want to live peacefully and I just want to go and be with Jesus. There's nothing wrong about it. Nothing wrong about it. You can be any one of those cups there depending on the quality you know, of your living before God. But you want to become and useful vessel in the hands of the king. That is to go within the silver and the gold there. The bronze, the silver and the gold there. And within that you want to be in the hand of the king. Not just anywhere in the palace. But you want to be in the hand of the king. Then you must be a golden cup. The Lord told me this about 15 years ago. When it was my personal prayer. The Lord he was speaking to me and he was telling me this. He said, the royal cup is a cup that will be in the hands of the king. But you know what? Every time the king uses it, the king has it, the king will use it. And guess where it will go after that? It will go back to the separate place where the king has it. Separation, consecration, isolation. It's never going to go in the cabinet you know, in your China cabinet, in your home. It's not going to happen. It goes in a separate place. Yes, the king uses his royal cup. But you know what? It sits there, along with the king's utensils, but by itself. You want to be used by the Lord. Don't try to be one among many and copy everybody and be like the you know, street people in the world or be like, you know, whoever that's out there, you know, somebody on People magazine and, you know, whoever, you know, pop stars out there and, and, uh, you know, pop stars are all like those popcorns that pop and go away. But you want to be like the people that God says who will shine like the sun forever and ever and ever. You need to have some worth in you that comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. Strive for something eternal. What are you working for? Are you working for things that will just fade away? Or are you working for something that's going to last for something? Build something that will last. Don't build something that will just go away. Be smart. Build what will last forever. That's what Jesus said. He said, be wise. Don't labor for the meat that perisheth. Don't labor for the meat that perisheth. Don't just strive for the things of this world. We all need to work. But don't live for that and strive for that and don't make that your everything. But strive for eternal things because that's where you're going to live forever. What you do in this world matters. So, in order for us to live for Him, in order for us to be that cup, we need to be in the hand of the Maker. He makes us. He molds us. In the molding process, we must understand our, I think somebody's unmuted. Our, just checking one second. Somebody's unmuted here. Okay, I think it's muted. 
So in the molding process where God takes his people and he begins to mold, what we want to be is our choice based on God's choosing. God chooses, but we can limit ourselves from becoming what God wants us to be. Where we tell God, well, Lord, I don't want to be a golden cup. I'll just be a paper cup. And the Lord will say, I've called you to be a golden cup, but I'll be a paper cup, Lord. I'll be a paper cup. So if we want to, if we want to be used by the Lord, we should yield ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be that cup in the hands of the Lord, what's your quality? What kind of a cup you want to be? There are some imitation, imitation um, golden cups. It's not just gold painted, real gold painted, but it's imitation. It looks like the real cup, but it's not. We don't want to be like that. We want to be true, genuine golden cups in the hands of the Almighty God. So with that being said, we need to know in the making of our cups, God Almighty must open the eyes of our understanding on every level, every time. God does a work in us. He must open the eyes of our understanding to a particular issue, to a particular topic, to a particular spiritual aspect, whatever God is doing. God has to open the eyes of our understanding. So it's important for you to pray every time you read the word. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Open my understanding, Lord. Open my eyes, Lord. Father, I want to understand. Never go picking up the Bible saying that I know what it says. Oh, I want to just read and get over with this. So I can have a check mark next to, did you read your Bible today? Oh, yes, I did. We'll be deceiving ourselves, shortchanging ourselves. So really have that desire for God to open the eyes of your understanding when you read the word of God what you want to be what do you want to become in the hands of God Almighty all those cups are useful paper cups are useful how many of you agree they're all useful but it's one time you use them then you throw plastic cups are useful but it's for a very short time. Stainless steel cups are useful. We can use that, but it's found in common houses like our house. We don't have golden cup in the house. But when you see a king's house, it's different. A palace will have a lot of valuable stuff there made of gold. And the king's servants are not going to be having uh, the royal cup, no. But the king will be having royal cup. When you understand the value, yeah, we can be useful. But how useful do you want to be? Will really determine where you're going to be used by God. What level God can use you. Really relies on your desire and your willing to pay the price in order to become what God wants you to be. So God opened the eyes, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, opened the eyes of the understanding of the people over here, the disciples, and they understood what he said. Then, so now after he opened the eyes of the understanding of the people, he's speaking, he's saying this. Thus it is written that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. 
and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are the you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father. This is very important. This is what I heard when I was finishing up with the prayer. Or I should say, I, the Lord had me finish up the prayer after I heard this. But before, before the Spirit of God can come and do His mighty work, there has to be an opening of the eyes through the Spirit of God. For us to desire and do what God wants us to do in order for him to do what he alone can do. So Jesus Christ spoke many, many times to the disciples about how the Son of Man will be crucified and all those things. And Peter jumped and he said, no, not so, my Lord. And he allowed the devil to work through him. He didn't allow the Spirit of God to work through him. His eyes were never opened. These people would not... Keen on asking God, Lord, open our eyes so that we can see. We don't understand. They all, when they don't understand, they all will keep quiet. I'm not going to ask Jesus anything. A lot of times it's pride. A lot of times it's fear. Both are very deadly. If you're too proud to find out the truth, you're in a very bad spot. If you're too scared to find out what God's word is saying, what this means, then you're in a bad spot as well. When someone desires the truth, the true desire will cause them to overcome pride. Step on that pride because that's your worst enemy. Step on that fear because that's your worst enemy. When you say that I'm on this journey of finding the truth. It's not just I found the truth one time and that's it. No. We keep finding, we keep finding, we keep finding, we keep finding until we reach home. We keep finding more and more and more of the truth because truth is like a vast gold mine. Truth is like a vast diamond mine. Truth is like a vast gemstone mine. Truth is like a vast treasure house. You keep finding and you keep finding and you keep finding. The more you look, the more you'll find. The more you desire, the more you look. The more you look, the more you'll find. Now, those who really look for the truth, like Jesus said, true seekers are finders. And when you find it, you take it and you keep it. You don't let it go. You don't just look that, hey, I found it. Okay, that's nice. Then you just go away. No, there are some people like that who see the truth, but they don't want it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Look at yourself and see where you fall under. Where am I? How much do I want Jesus? Where do I want to be in terms of God using me? What is my desire? Am I concerned about my eternity? Am I laboring for something eternal or I'm just really sweating it out so much for something so temporary? Am I taking care of my soul that is going to live forever or I'm just trying to fix the house, fix the house, fix the house when somebody's decaying inside? Am I taking care of my soul on the inside? Am I really investing inside the person on the inside? Making sure that my soul is nourished. Making sure that my soul is taken care of. Making sure that my soul is blossoming. Then the outside will blossom too. God's word says, Beloved, I wish you above everything that your soul prospers. That you prosper in everything as your soul prospers. God's spirit is speaking in his word saying that, Just as your soul prospers, I wish that you prosper in everything. That's the right order. As your soul prospers... Everything gets beautified. God adds to you. 
in every area of your life. That's what God does. He adds to you in every area of your life when your soul prospers before the Lord God Almighty. So here, I'm going to finish in a few minutes. But let's see this here. He says here, now after he opened the eyes of the understanding, he's saying the same thing now. Now they get it. And then, you know how they got how you know they got it? Because they did what he told them to do. He opened their eyes of understanding. He's saying, look, this is what was prophesied and this is what has happened. Now this needs to be happened. Go do this. So he says in verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. And in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Jesus says this. He said, I have opened your eyes of understanding. He's, he does that. And he talks about the power of the cross, the power of resurrection. And then he says that this message, this gospel message, needs to go all the way to the ends of the earth. Everyone should hear because there's power in it. People's sins can be forgiven. You know how many people are doing all kinds of things somehow to get forgiveness for their sins. But you have the truth. You take the truth so that everyone will know the truth so that the truth can set them free. After he said that, he's saying, but you know what? Before you take that truth, you need power. We thought God's, but why do you need power just to go and give a message? Why do you need power just to go and give someone the gospel? Why do you need power? Think about it. Why do you need power? Why can't you just give the gospel? You know, just, isn't it like, you know, when you go to Best Buy or, you know, you go to some store and you see a deal and you see that, oh, you buy this and you get the next item free or you see that something is for 70% off and you see that you say, I got to go tell, you know, everybody that Best Buy has this for 70% off or some clothing store, you buy one and get another one half off or whatever. You want to go tell everybody. And everybody gets so happy and they say, oh, thank you. And they all run to Best Buy and they all go, you know, go to, you know, the other store or wherever to get whatever deal that they could find. Is it that simple? If that's the case, you would have the whole world evangelized by now. That's not the case. Every soul, before it comes to Jesus Christ, is a captive to Satan, is a captive of sin. The gospel goes and sets the person free. But you know what? The person who carries the gospel becomes a target of Satan. The carrier of the gospel is a threat to the enemy. So what will he do when he sees someone coming to his camp to take his captive away? You think he's going to be sitting and say, well, take away my captive? No. He's going to put up a fight. The moment he sees you coming, the moment he figures out that there's a plan to come and take his captive away, what will he do? He will start firing his shots from here. He will start throwing his arrows from here. He will start setting up traps for you from here. He will start his attack way ahead of time. And if you just walk, just like how you walk into a minefield full of explosives, you'll be dead if you're not clothed with God's power from on high, which will protect you 
which will also work as a weapon against the enemy. So Jesus is telling his disciples, even though you guys, you were with me for the past three and a half years, you saw me minister and everything. You know, a lot of times people think that, you know, if I can just watch how they do, if I can just see and get some tricks, I can do the same thing. It doesn't work like that. Even though these people worked with Jesus Christ or saw Jesus perform miracles and even temporarily received power to go and heal the sick and raise the dead, they didn't have what they needed to have in order to do the work of God. What needs to happen? God had to pour his substance so that they can pour that out to the people. Instead of me receiving what God gives to me and giving to people what God gives to me, if I go and try to give my own product, it'll be a disaster. If you are God's ambassador, then you have to carry heaven's products. You have to carry heaven's vision. You have to abide by heaven's laws. That's when you will have success in ministry. Now, Jesus Christ is telling his disciples something very important. He could have said, oh, How long should I wait, Lord? How long should we wait, Lord? After Jesus leaves, we're going to be wasting a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. How many weeks are going to be wasting? Why can't we just stop ministering right now? Why can't we evangelize right now? Why can't we just go and tell everybody, well, Jesus rose again from the dead. People know that. Why can't we just go and preach? We know how Jesus preached. We know how he's healed. Why can't we? No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. That many people are very hasty. Waiting is very hard for them. So what they all do? I'll do my own thing. But let's just sit down and have a board meeting and let's talk and see how we can evangelize. And let's see you know, how we can have baked cookies and uh, let's see how we can have an outdoor event. And let's see, let's organize, let's plan. You know what? All those things. Satan will say, hey, go ahead. Nice board meeting. Good planning. Waste of time. Satan's very happy. Keep planning, keep planning. Keep planning, keep budgeting, keep planning. He'll be laughing. Why? God is not in it. God is not in it. When God is in it, when God's people come together, they fast and pray in order for God's work to go forward. Now all hell breaks loose. Satan and his entire group begins to tremble. And they start planning how to not release these people. And that's where spiritual warfare comes to play. That's where God's people fight for the souls of their loved ones. It's not that easy. But it's possible. It's possible. All things are not easy for them who believe. All things are possible for him who believes. That means it is impossible. But if you believe and if you work at it with all your heart, on your knees before God, impossible becomes possible. So, Jesus is telling his disciples, don't go. Although I said go. Go is still there, but don't go yet. Don't go until you receive the power from on high, who is the Holy Spirit. We cannot do ministry apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, the Bible is enough. I'll just preach the word, the word, the word, the word. You know, I've heard people say, the word, the word, the word is good. 
word void of the spirit is really not going to do much. That's why there are people who have read the word and have not surrendered their lives to the Lord. They've actually become opponents. You know why? Because they were not honest in the spirit of God never open their eyes of understanding so that they can get saved, that they can see the truth. Only those who truly seek God will find the truth. So the Spirit of God is speaking to us today. The harvest is plenty, the laborers are few. God is not looking for any labor. God is looking for quality laborers. And those laborers must be, must be laborers who will listen to the voice of God, who wait in the presence of God. Waiting is important. There's no ministry that will become successful in the sight of God if it does not wait on the Lord for God to show them, empower them, and move them forward. As a church, we need to understand. We've seen God do so much. We have our own testimonies, and we've heard testimonies of all of you here. Even then, it's important to wait on the Lord. It's important to be in the presence of God. Never say that, well, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. We'll try it. Satan will be very happy. He go a lot of fake products and will keep away the truth. So everything will come out like little mushroom. And people will try to say, well, this many people got saved and that many people got, you know, at the end, how many are going to make it to heaven is the question. In the net came both good fish and bad fish, Jesus said. I want to finish with this as the Holy Spirit wants me to. But the, at the end, reapers came. And they separated the good fish from the bad fish. This is something that the Lord showed a few days ago. In the house of God, we all come to worship God. We all come to be in the house of God. And there's a roster that God has. But everybody's name is there. And the Spirit of God has recorded all the people who are coming to this church. As with every church in the world that belongs, that really belongs to Jesus Christ. And he has this record book. It's a, it's a golden book. It's a golden scroll, I should say. And all the names are there. And Jesus has this golden feather-like olden day kind of pen. And he's showing. These are all the people who are there in this church. But there are certain names that he puts a X mark next to it. And he says, watch out for these because these are not faithful. And if they continue in that, their names will like blot out from this roster. Now at the same time what's happening, Satan also has a record book. And in that record book, 
he has like a screen there where he has exactly our church everybody's name is right there the very same people Jesus puts X over there he has them there along with the rest of the people and he points out to them he says these are mine these are mine these are mine these are mine but we have to be very careful along with the good fish the bad fish will be there the reapers will come and they will separate the good from the bad our job is to keep our eyes on the Lord make sure that we're not found where we should not be when Jesus looks at our name it should be among those who are faithful the Lord also showed all the faithful ones there this is like at the end of August this is something that the Lord showed us we must be very careful when it comes to things of God we are on the Lord's side that we're following him for who he is when he looks at us, he looks at us, he finds us faithful. That the names that are there in his roster should stay till the very end. That's our prayer every day. Pastor Deep and I are praying that. Let no one perish, Lord. Let no one perish, Lord. Let no one perish, Lord. That's what our prayer is. We don't want to see anyone perish. And every single brother and sister and child here in this church should have the same desire. Don't take the things of God for granted. Never take God's things lightly. Because the devil is like a roaring lion looking to see whom he may devour. He says, oh. Especially a real church of God where God is really working so powerfully. He's very keen to see who I can actually stir up to bring this church down. But God is at work. While Satan is doing his thing, my Jesus is doing his thing. He has the scroll. He is the boss of this church. He is the good shepherd of this church. He's the God of this church. He's the bridegroom of this church. He's the savior of this church. If we don't have any open doors, then nothing can come near us. If you don't have any open doors, nothing can come near us. Now there are certain things that the Lord showed, which I know when he showed why he's saying it. It's grieving as we pray more and more and more for the souls and say, God, let no one perish. Let no one perish. Let no one perish. Let no one perish. And Jesus told his disciples, when you go and give the word, make sure you wait because it's a battle. Every time we come to give the word, every time we have to serve God, it's a battle. Even in a video call like this, the battle, you know, we have that, you know, with Samuel. God is over this child. Every time we have to serve God, it's a battle. If we're just doing a job, then it wouldn't be a battle. But this is life and death here, right here. We must do the will of him who sent us and to finish it while it is day. 
we must be alert and awake to what God is doing and also not be close to what the enemy is doing. God knows all those who are His and let all those who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. What is God saying there? I know in my roster all those who belong to me. God says this in His word. And he says, those I put an X mark who are naming the name of the Lord, who are holding on to iniquity. You want to stay in the roster? Depart from iniquity. That's the word of the Lord for our church day. As the spirit of the Lord is purging our church. He is purging our church. What is he purging? He's purging every believer. He's taking them to a higher level spiritually. When I say higher level, it's not like somewhere, some third heaven or somewhere. No. It's a basic foundational work of sanctification that God is doing to move the people from uncleanness to holiness, from hypocrisy to truth. God is looking for those who are true in the inward heart. I don't want anyone to be naming the name of the Lord. And when you close your eyes to see that, you find yourself in hell. I don't want that to happen. And I don't want to be a pastor of those believers. We don't want to be that. We want to see every believer in our church in heaven when we get there. Or we get there before you to see you come in when we are there to welcome you in. But we don't want to see any believer from this house of worship, house of God, to end up in hell. We don't want that happening. That's why this cry is coming from the Spirit of God this day. Let all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's very important. As Jesus is looking at that roster, Satan is also saying, these are mine. Oh, out of all these people, I hate that one. That one is faithful to God. Or oh, I hate this one. This one is trying to bring people to church. I hate that one. And it says, oh, this one is mine. This will cause confusion there. I hate this one because this one stands up for the truth. Oh, that one is mine, Satan will say. Because I send this one to church to dress a certain way to cause other people to stumble. In an immoral way. This one is mine. I know this one. This one gossips about everybody. This one thinks that this is super spiritual. That's mine. I'll use that to try to cause problems and confusion there. Oh, this one. He has a whole list that he will write. And he'll say, This is mine. That's mine. This is mine. In our church, may Satan have no hold. May Satan have no hold. This is what God has shown about our church to us. This is what God has shown. I can't pretend and come before you and say, Well, our church is spotless. Every one of you are saints. We're all going to heaven if Jesus comes today. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I can't say that. After God has shown so much, I can't say that. But God is calling us. It's a church. Whoever you are. Whatever your spiritual standing is, get yourself right with God. 
Get yourself right with God. Get yourself right with God. Be on God's side, not on the enemy's side. Be on God's side, not on the enemy's side. Be on God's side, not on the enemy's side. Wait on the Lord. Those of you who are evangelizing, you should evangelize. You should invite people to church. Pray before you do. Pray before you do. If you're going to work tomorrow and you're thinking, I want to give this card and invite somebody to church, be on your knees before God. Wait on the Lord. Don't casually do the work of God. It'll be a disaster because this is solid, real spiritual warfare. Don't think that, well, I have good talking skills and I look pretty and I can go and tell all, you know, all kinds of things to people and they'll immediately come when I call. No, it doesn't work that way. When you come far away, Satan knows who you are. If you're not walking right with God, it's over. First of all, he'll knock you off your feet right there. But if you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness, he'll try all kinds of things. You need to be prepared, clothed with power from on high. To be able to pull someone out of darkness into light. You have more power if you would have spent time in the presence of God before you speak to anyone. Before you hand out a tract. Before you do anything pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. Be a person who will be clothed with power from on high. By waiting in the presence of God. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. Even though the initial experience is an initial experience. But if you need to serve God, you need to be in the presence of God. I'm going to go deeper into it as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to the next few days. But we're going to stop here today. And we're going to spend time in prayer. I believe God has spoken to your heart at this hour. And I want you to commit yourself to the Lord God Almighty. Let the Spirit of God do a deeper work in you. Let the Spirit of God do a deeper work in you. God has spoken about quite a few different things tonight. Let God open the eyes of your understanding. Be like a little baby every time. Wanting for more and dependent on God for everything. Let the Lord work in your heart. Let the Lord work in your hearts. Let the Lord work in your hearts. Don't look at anyone. At this time, God is telling this. I want to say this to you. Focus on your thought. This is not the time to... Sit over here and think, well, I wonder who got an X mark here in our church. This is not of concern to you. God is warning you at this hour. Those who stand, take heed lest you fall. Because that will come right away. If you give room to pride. And instead of examining your own self, trying to look at someone else. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Let's close our eyes and look to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Whatever filth that is, whatever uncleanness that is, whatever has a hold on you, God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. It's time for you to cleanse yourself of every filth, every uncleanness, it's time for you to lay aside everything, every sin. 
That has a hold on you. Whatever you have hidden, it's time that you bring before the Lord. Don't lead a double life. Don't lead a double life. Be transparent before God and man. Be faithful to God. Be honest in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, I come quickly, says Jesus Christ, and my reward is with me, says Jesus Christ. God wants to reward you. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. What kind of a cup do you want to be? Thank you, Jesus. What kind of a cup do you want to be? Thank you, Jesus. Whose side do you want to be? First question is, do you want to be used by God? What quality? What quality? What kind of quality? Is your usefulness to God going to be? Do you want to be? Thank you, Jesus. In what way are you laboring towards eternity? Are you laboring towards eternity? You should be laboring towards eternity. Be wise. Labor towards eternity. God will take care of everything pertaining to this life for you for your family, for your children, for your generation. God will lay up for themselves treasures. God will clothe them with best clothing. God will give them best food. God will give them best vehicles. God will give them best education. God will give them the best. Just like how he blessed Daniel and his friends, even in Babylon. So don't labor. Don't get yourself entangled with the cares of this world. Don't labor for the things of this world. But labor for eternal life. God will take care of everything else. He will lead you in a royal way, better than any earthly father, any king who is out there. Thank you, Jesus. Be true to God. Be true to God. Be true to God. Be true to God in everything. God knows those who are His. And those who name the name of the Lord who are among His, depart from iniquity. Because from Jesus marking, saying, these are the ones who are not faithful to me. To Jesus saying, after some time, I'm going to remove them from the book. It's a serious issue. Is a serious issue. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give room to bitterness. Don't give room to envy. Don't give room to immorality. Don't give room to carnality. 
don't give room to anything that replaces or comes to replace the Word of God in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to give you some time in the presence of God. No one needs to pray out loud at this time. Take some time in the presence of God and examine yourself where you stand before God. And whatever God is bringing before you, this is the time to set right with God. God wants you to stay in that roster. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. God wants to give you His glory. God wants you to repent and move from where you are to where you need to be. Thank you, Jesus. Take some time in the presence of God and pray wherever you are. You don't have to pray out loud in the meeting, but in your homes, wherever you are, just talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is speaking at this hour. These are not my words. I'm called to bring out God's word to our church. And that's what I'm doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night of sanctification that you're doing in our church. I pray, pray that you bless your people. All those who are truly crying out to you at this hour, truly crying out with true remorse and looking for you for forgiveness and truly repenting for their sins. I pray, Lord, that your hand may touch them and rest on them. And I pray, Lord, that you'll recover them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, recover them. And I also pray for all those, Father, who are truly desiring to go forward, but they feel that they're stuck somewhere. They feel like they're not able to move forward. I pray for those precious people also. Touch them right now, Father. Whatever is causing them to lag behind, may you reveal to them so that they can set that right before God Almighty. They ask for a breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every demonic activity, every seducing spirit, every lying spirit that is keeping your people from moving forward. I curse those in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you'll bless your people. Lord, cause them to prosper before you. I ask you, Lord, renew the minds of your people. Jesus, strengthen them. All those who are sincerely seeking Sincerely crying out to you. Sincerely praying to you at this hour. Oh, my Father. My Father. My Father. My Father. Do a 
deeper work, Lord. Do a deeper work, Lord. And all those who are not moving forward because of fear, who are content where they are, I ask you, Lord, cause them to move forward so that they can experience greater things from the Almighty God. Bless our church. Let there be greater spiritual growth, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And all those, Father, who has a burning desire to bring people to your kingdom, cause them, Lord, to value waiting in your presence, not to be caught up with activities, but to put a hold on everything. As Jesus said, wait on the Lord because it's a serious business so I pray that the word of God that you have spoken this night over your people whatever applies to whoever however you have spoken Lord I pray may each one take this word that you have spoken be strengthened by it Lord be encouraged by it be convicted by it Lord be led closer to Jesus by it in the name of Jesus, I pronounce your blessing upon every brother, every sister, every child who's here. That they may understand the ways of the Almighty God. That the understanding be opened more and more and more every single day. That our church may reflect the glory of our living God. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Father. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for all your goodness. Revealing to us, Lord. Revealing to us, Lord, everything we need to live, to stay in the book of life, as you said in Revelation, certain ones you said, I will not blot their names out of the book of life, meaning that very clearly from Revelation, you said, the possibility is that people can have the name removed once they're on the roster. I thank you for warning us to take a look at our own selves, not at anybody else. That we may make sure, oh God, we're doing what's right in your sight and following you all the way. I thank you for the hope of eternal life. I thank you for the guarantee of eternal life, the genuine eternal security we have so long as we stay with you. We're safe. I thank you for your love, Lord. That gives us the whole truth. Thank you and praise you for giving us the privilege to hear the whole truth tonight. I pray that everyone, Lord, in this church would take heed. And that the message would stay long after we say goodnight today or goodbye. The message would 
ring in our ears and our souls till everything is set right. In Jesus' name we thank you. Praise you, Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.